Well, we've been talking about joy for several weeks here, all the way through Advent, and um, it's been really fun. And I want to know, how are we going to carry that joy into the new year with us? What are you taking with you into 2022? That's my question for this morning. We are all on a journey of faith, a journey of faith with Jesus. And Jesus is in fact calling us to have a little faith in him. You know, um, I have learned a lot about packing light from friends of mine. My friend um, Janice, is um, she just turned 80. And I get to visit her every couple of years. And whenever I'm there, she sends me home with something which is difficult because she lives across the country and I have to fly back with whatever she's handed me. But she gives me like what I feel like are heirloom treasures. She's given me some beautiful crystal, some handmade things that her mother crocheted. And every time I'm like, are you sure you want to part with this? And she finally said, oh, Courtney girl. That's what she calls me, Courtney girl. I've gone through life with a lot of luggage. And I I pared it down to a carry-on in the last decade. I really want to go out with just a backpack. It's not about the stuff. So I learn a lot from my friends. I've learned a lot being a parent. um, If you've parented with an infant, you know you are carrying all the gear, right? All the time. It's a very heavy diaper bag. And as the child ages, your bag gets a little lighter. Suddenly, you're not carrying diapers. You're just carrying an extra change of clothes. And eventually, I have good news for you parents, your kids will carry their own luggage someday. It's true. My girls carry their own luggage getting here from Nashville. One of the people who's taught me the most about packing light is my friend Debbie Whaley. She is a pastor in Cincinnati, but we worked together at a church in Berkeley. And I had the opportunity to go on pilgrimage to Israel with her. And in the weeks leading up to the trip, we met, the group of people going met, and prayed together and studied the scriptures together. And she would always end with this question, what must I leave behind to fully enter in? What must I leave behind to fully enter into this pilgrimage experience? In other words, what do I have to empty myself or my hands of that I might be able to receive what God has for me? It's a great question. I ask it often. Letting go means making room for what God has for you to take with you into 2022. The book of Hebrews speaks to this. Therefore, it says, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. It doesn't just say throw off the sin, my friends. It says throw off anything that entangles you. Things that entangle you slow you down. So let's talk today about what we can throw off. We're going to look at three words that I hope are familiar to you. We're going to talk about reducing, reusing, and recycling. I often call God the great recycler, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that later. All right, to reduce, what must I fully leave, what must I leave behind to fully enter in? Well, when we reduce our baggage, the first thing that happens is that we pay attention, right? You don't just like unzip your suitcase and toss it all out. You have to be attentive to each item. So that's an opportunity for us to join the Holy Spirit in observing what we have in our baggage. What am I carrying in here? What's helpful? What's not helpful? Packing is about the present day, not just the past. So this year, as you think about packing light, you can ask yourself, how often have I used this thing I'm hanging on to? 
Let's talk for a minute about resentment or anger. Is it helpful to me or do I want to release it and let it go as I enter a new year? You know, I had um, a friend in Seattle. I served as a pastor there for five years. Um, and one of the women from the church called me and she said, I really need your help. Can you come to my home? So I went to her home and um, discovered that she was struggling with hoarding. She had never mentioned it to me before. I, knew, I thought I knew her quite well. I'd never been into her home. In fact, for years, no one had been into her home. You know why? Because there was nowhere for anyone to sit. There was no room. There was just one chair with space for her to sit while she ate. And it is a very difficult issue to struggle with. And she said, I want to make room for people, but I don't know how to do this by myself. So we stood in her hallway, and, and hoarding takes on all different forms. She was very organized. It was stunning to me that she could, we could you know, crack open a bedroom door, and she could tell me which things were in which boxes in which closet. She knew where every single thing was. So she said, I really want to get rid of some of this so I have room for people in my life. And I said, okay, let's give it a go. So we open a box and we start to go through clothing and we're pulling out things. And I'd say, well, this, she's a very petite woman. Things were four or five sizes too large for her. And I'd say, you know, this doesn't look like it probably fits you anymore. And she would grab it back and say, no, I can't give that away. I might need it later. And so it went with everything in her home. Those things were literally trapping her in her house. And maybe for you, it's not things. Maybe it's an attitude or a piece of your story. What struck me most as I stood alongside her was she wasn't focused on today. She was worried about the future. We as followers of Jesus, are called to live in the present. Does this sound familiar to you? Give us this day, right? Give us this day our daily bread. God doesn't say store it up for years and months. There are several other examples of that in Scripture, the manna and the Old Testament. I don't have time to go into all of them. Email me if you want more details. But give us this day our daily bread. I think that passage is in there for us to remember when we have faith in Jesus, Jesus walks with us every single day. Maybe I don't get what I want, but Jesus always knows what I need. God provided. God continues to provide. We don't really want to live in the past. Have you ever tried walking by looking just backwards? You know what happens? You actually, you go in a circle because you can only see one way. So not a good plan. A rearview mirror is helpful for reference only. In Matthew 6:34, Jesus says, each day has troubles of its own. My friend Peggy says, don't borrow tomorrow's troubles. And I think of it often. She's right. She's quoting Jesus. So instead of worrying about the future or focusing on the past, we get to unpack what we have. Camille, whom you saw up here, my younger, taller daughter, um, runs an organizing business in Nashville. It's part of what she does with her life, and she's amazing. But when she was a small child, Oh, and yes, I have permission to tell the story, I should say. Um, when she was a small child, we'd be doing something downstairs, and she would say, I'm going to go clean up my room. Now, who doesn't want a seven-year-old to go clean up their room <laughs> of their own accord? So she would go upstairs, and I'd be doing something else. I was in grad school at the time. I'd be studying, and all of a sudden, I'd realize like an hour or two had gone by. Is that good? I don't, 
I don't know. So I go upstairs, and there she is, sitting on her floor, like four drawers are emptied, and everything is around her. And one drawer is already all repacked, perfectly folded. But once she got that one organized, she knew the rest needed it too. It's cathartic. Sorting and purging and seeing what we don't need and what we do need. And I will say that when Camille was little, she would go to my parents' house and my mom would ask if she could just stay because she said, my towels have never been so neatly folded. <laughs> but reducing actually matters because when we reduce the things that are in our baggage, we have room for new things that God wants to bring into our life, new people, maybe even new belongings. Letting go of coping techniques can be helpful too. Are you still using a coping mechanism that served you well earlier in your life and it's not serving you now? Try unpacking and setting it aside. So my questions for you this morning are these. What emotional baggage do you need to release and let God heal? What do you need to leave behind? Is it guilt or shame? Is it anger? Unrealistic expectations of yourself or someone else? What fear or worry, can you invite the Holy Spirit to help you set aside? Now let's go on to reuse. So if packing is a metaphor for my life, and I get the sorting done, then I ask, all right, what's in here that I get to reuse? 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 to 5 says this, Praise to the God of all comfort. Praise be to God the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles. Ooh, that's good news. So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as we have share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ's thoughts habits, attitudes, they are useful and helpful to me in my life of faith. So if you are staying attuned to Christ in your life, where have you been comforted? Where can you reuse that in the life of another? Can you tell I lost my place? Someone say, let's go. Someone say, preach it. Come on, it's the day after Christmas. Thank you. All right. So I want to use the rearview mirror for just a moment when we look at reusing. Because we've had such a great time in Advent looking at joy, right? These are the, the joys we discovered as we look through Advent. And I want to encourage you, if you missed one of these sermons, go back. Go back and watch our preaching team just bring it and use a hymn to invite us to life walking with Jesus every day. We talked about preparing God room. We talked about repeating, repeating the sounding joy. Making God's blessings flow. How can I reuse what's been given to me? Enjoying the wonders of God's love in my life and offering it to others. Receiving our King. See, when we participate in bringing God's joy, we get to share it with others. What do you need to continue to reuse in 2022? All right, finally recycling, my favorite. I love this idea of recycling. The first thing I, I learned really about recycling that was powerful for me is that um, semi-truck tires 
are chopped up, the old ones are chopped up into little pieces and they become like the base in a playground for children. So what once was rolling down the road is protecting our little people while they're playing and I love that. And I think God has used that in my life and in my mind. What is old and worn out in your life and how can it be offered up perhaps to create safety for another? So what do you have that can be given away for another to use? It might be something small and literal. I have heard before that if you have four coats, you can keep three other people warm, right? It might be something tangible like that. But what about the spiritual things in our lives? What about hope? What about love? Do you have those things to share? Listen to God's word about God who is the recycler from Isaiah. Just listen. If you want to close your eyes, I'm going to read to you. The Spirit of God, the Master, is on me because God anointed me. He sent me to preach good news to the poor, to heal the heartbroken, announce freedom to all captives, pardon all prisoners. God sent me to announce the year of his grace, a celebration of God's destruction of our enemies, and to comfort all who mourn to care for the needs of all who mourn in Zion, to give them bouquets of roses instead of ashes, messages of joy instead of doom, a praising heart instead of a languid spirit. Rename them oaks of righteousness, planted by God to display his glory. They'll rebuild old ruins, raise a new city out of the wreckage. They'll start over on the ruined cities, take the rubble left behind, and make it new. Take the rubble left behind and make it new. God, the great recycler. Beauty from ashes. I, um, like all of you, by the time you're in your 50s, you um, have a lot of chapters written in your story. So I could tell you story after story of the piles of ashes from the fires I've had in my life, but I just want to tell you one this morning. I hope it might encourage you to think about what might God use to recycle in my life? What could be made new? Where will they, there be beauty from the ashes? When I was in first grade, I remember distinctly leaving the parent-teacher conference, the one the kids get to attend, and my mother was very concerned about my math scores. My dad's an educator, so she was really worried I wasn't doing very well in math. And the teacher just looked at her and said, um, oh yeah, she's not a good math student. Guess what? I integrated that, right? at six years old. And so now I know, at this point, I'm not a good math student. Fast forward, I'm in high school taking geometry. Do you know what happens when you get an F in geometry in high school? You retake it at summer school. And then when you fail it at summer school, you retake it at night school. Three nights a week, I would go to the math lab. My brain just was not learning geometry. But I have this view of myself, right? I'm not good at math. I can't do math. Okay, fast forward. There are a lot of other parts of the story, but fast forward. I'm 35 years old, and I'm playing piano, rehearsing with a friend from church because I was a worship pastor in my former life. And I said, oh, gosh, I just haven't memorized the bass clef in this, the left-hand part. And she said, what do you mean you haven't memorized it? Aren't you just reading the music? And I said, oh, no, I can't read the bass and treble at the same time. Can anybody do that? And she was like, yes, everybody but you. And um, she, she was a school teacher, and she said, I, I wonder if you have dyscalculia. And I said, 
Discal who? And she said, Discalculia. It's like, you know what dyslexia is, right? There's confusion in the brain as it interprets words and letters. She said, Discalculia is the same sort of thing, but with math and with numbers. So I'm 35 when I realized I'm not actually stupid. Now, mind you, I chose a seminary where I didn't have to take the GRE because I knew I wouldn't pass the math portion. So God still opened doors for me, even though math was just not going to be my thing. Okay, now fast forward again. About five years ago, I was um, sitting with a mom um, who was um, part of the church I was serving in Seattle, and tears are running down her face as we're having lunch. And she said, my oldest daughter, who she, her daughter was seven at the time, she said, she is just suffering so greatly in school. And I said, tell, tell me more, Laura, tell me more. So she started to describe her daughter's struggles, you've got it, with math. And as she described the ways that her daughter was suffering with math, I said, I'm not an expert, but I actually have my own math learning difficulty. It's called dyscalculia. It, it might help to look it up. Um, in January 2022, Laura's book called Discovering Dyscalculia will be published. She did a deep dive and she said, in the United States, we don't actually study dyscalculia or talk about it in our schools. Great Britain's way ahead of us. The UK is way ahead. She writes a blog. Every week when I read it, I learn something else about my math learning disability. I know why I can't do an Excel spreadsheet to save my life. So that pile of ashes from my math issue has elevated this family and blessed their daughter and then other families. She runs an online education program for parents of dyscalculic students. So what ashes in your life, where have you had a fire and you have a pile of ashes? Where can God make some beauty from that? God, the great recycler, the kingdom of God, the economics are that nothing is wasted. So what in your life needs to be reused or recycled or bring redemption for someone else's story? Because now when I talk to her daughter, who's a middle schooler, she's like, oh yeah, I don't do math the way people do it, but you should see my tools. And my heart rejoices because I feel like God was at work in that conversation and allowed something to be used for good. All right. Before I wrap up, I want to say this. You and I are everyday missionaries. That's our job. We take Jesus wherever we go. We take God's love wherever we go. So what are you going to take with you into the mission field? Well, we sang it earlier. We want to take a little faith with us. Again, I don't have time for the whole story. But in Luke 10, we see Jesus sending out the 72. And they must have been asking, like, well, what else can we take with us? Because Jesus says, take nothing else. Take your purse, take one coat, take your sandals. And they're like, well, but what about the Bible bars? And he says, no, no protein bars. Just take these things, right? I can see him saying it to them. I hope that in 2022, we pack light enough that there's room for faith, hope, and love because the greatest of these we know from the, the word of God is love. Pray with me. God, I pray that this morning we would be attentive to you and your Holy Spirit. Would you help us, even with that first step, just to unzip our bags and go, okay, it might not be fresh laundry in there, but I trust you. Help us to unpack what we need to, to travel light 
with faith in you, knowing that you will say, come here, darling, I've got you. With hope that the light of the Christ child is with us every day. And with love that, as your word says, it may trail after us all the days of our life. And may be all the praise and all the glory and all the honor go to you now and forevermore. And God's children said,